Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Friday, February 19th, 2016. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Beantown Athletics, the only union screen printer in Boston. Go to BeantownAthletics.com right now. That's BeantownAthletics.com or give them a call at 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. Beantown Athletics is also home of the best skate shopping in New England. So grab your skates, swing by the shop on Granite Ave in Dorchester. There is plenty of parking out back. And make sure you tell them I sent you. So it is a Friday wrapping up the week. I will do so with Picks Picks NBA version. That's right. I got five NBA games tonight that I'm going to give you at the end of the show. Five games with the spread. It's a segment that I call Picks Picks. If you listen during the NFL season, you're very familiar with this segment. Now, it doesn't really feel the same without giving you NFL games, National Football League games, but still... I will give you five games with the spread. I will keep picks picks alive. And it won't just be NBA here as we get closer to the springtime and into the summertime. I'll give you some hockey picks. I'll give you some baseball picks when baseball begins. I'm going to keep picks picks alive uh, for as long as we do this. Every Friday, I close out the show and the week with five games with the spread. And today, it'll be five NBA games. Speaking of NBA... The trade deadline has come and gone. If you're looking for my official trade deadline reaction, well, you got to go to yesterday's podcast. I waited until after the 3 o'clock Eastern time deadline to record yesterday's podcast, and uh, I got it out to you a little bit later than usual. I don't think it was available on iTunes till about 7, 8 o'clock at night last night. So if people are still trying to get caught up on this show, I broadcast every weekday. And you can listen whenever you want at dannypicard.com. Also, subscribe on iTunes. If you don't have an iPhone or an iPad, I recommend the Stitcher app or the TuneIn app. Really, anywhere podcasts are available. But if you're looking for my NBA trade deadline recap and reaction podcast, that was yesterday. It was released last night. And also last night on that podcast, I, I gave... A little Dunkin' Donuts rant. I was in a little, I was involved in a little incident, I guess you could call it, in the Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru that I gave very early on in yesterday's podcast. And there were some people tweeting me, wondering, uh, because I'm not going to give you the whole story right now, but just sort of a long story, short version. Uh, somebody bought me my coffee in the drive-thru yesterday, the woman in front of me, and I decided to do what I usually don't do in that situation, which is give, still give my debit card and buy the person's stuff behind me. And I told you on yesterday's podcast, I went through the whole rant and the whole situation in great detail. So make sure you go and listen to that from yesterday and last night. But my, my biggest concern, as I said during that show yesterday, was I don't know exactly what I bought for the person behind me. Like, it could have been a $10 order, and that's not what I was looking for. I got a medium iced coffee, which is like $2.75, and my biggest concern, my biggest fear was that the lady behind me was having a breakfast party for the fucking ages, right? In which I, you know, I'm buying a shitload of stuff for this woman behind me when really I'm just looking to buy someone a coffee and be nice and keep the streak going 
you know, because the lady in front of me bought me a coffee, I assume the person in front of them bought her coffee. And so my concern was that I paid for this huge order. I did check my balance today. I checked my checking account. People were tweeting me wondering just how much I actually uh, paid. I only paid $5. Five bucks. It's not bad. I mean, I wasn't looking to spend that much for just one iced coffee. That's, a, that's an expensive iced coffee. It's usually two seventy-five. But $5? All right. The woman behind me probably, what'd she get? Coffee and a bagel maybe or, or a couple donuts. I don't know. Couple coffees? Five bucks isn't crazy. I'm not going to flip out over that. I did kind of flip out yesterday. Just about the whole situation that, that, that I was put in, that we're, we're all put in that situation at one point in time, right? I think. I think this happens. It's happened to me a handful of times. I don't like to be in that situation. And I usually don't give my debit card to buy the person's coffee behind me. But when I did yesterday and I decided to keep the streak going, if in, if in fact there was a streak and everybody's buying each other's coffee, my fear was that I paid for a huge order. And I ended up checking my balance after I recorded the podcast last night and yesterday. And the balance wasn't crazy. It was only five bucks. So uh, we got some closure on that situation, I think. We won't actually get full closure unless people stop buying coffees for other people at Dunkin' Donuts. And maybe Dunkin' Donuts will say, well, no, we're not going to allow this. Because it puts people in a tough position. I know you're saying, what, it's a tough position to be nice? Well, no, it's not a tough position to be nice, but it's a tough position to maybe give you a debit card and not actually know what you're buying for the person behind you. Like I said, my luck, the person behind me is probably having this huge breakfast party that, that I don't know about that I have to pay for the whole fucking thing. And, and that's not what I'm there for. I'm just there to get a coffee, 275 here's my debit card, get me out of there, all right? So we won't get closure until that stops happening. You have to go go listen to the whole rant. It's it, I, put, I I described it in much much more detail yesterday. But for the people wondering, well, the woman behind me, oh, it was only five bucks. So I'm I'm if I'm gonna spend a fin at Dunkin' Donuts, fine. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna flip out over that. But yesterday, as I was recording the podcast and went on that Dunkin' Donuts rant, I did not know how much I had spent. I forgot to check it out because I was so wrapped up into the NBA trade deadline. And as it turns out, it was a very boring NBA trade deadline. I called it a trade deadline dud. Nothing happened. There were a couple moves, but there were no moves in which I'm looking at teams today going, like, I don't even think we can judge winners and losers today. Can we? Can we do that? If you want to go winners and losers, I can give you a couple teams like... Houston and Phoenix, who both seem to acquire first-round picks somehow in, in, in trades, and, and they were protected, but they, they added first-round picks. And I guess technically you could call them winners if you're going out and getting some first-round picks yesterday and not necessarily giving up a whole heck of a lot. Now, Phoenix gave up Marquise Morris to the Wizards, and Houston gave up one of their bigs, you know, comes off the bench, doesn't play a lot, and Thornton, Marcus Thornton, right? And that was a trade that got them a first-round pick. But again, protected as they may be, it's still a first-round pick, and by the looks of it, I think those teams, Houston and Phoenix, are probably going to be able to use those first-round picks that they received. So it really was a very boring 
NBA trade deadline. That's the point. And, and, you know, you have swaps like Lance Stevenson for, for Jeff Green. I mean, I don't know why the Clippers, I don't know why Doc Rivers would want to go anywhere near Jeff Green again, but he did, and, and he's a part of that team. Uh, it was just an awful trade deadline. And when you bring it back here locally to the Celtics, you know, I, I told you yesterday that my emotions were disappointment that they didn't make a move based on all the assets that they have. And, and a lot of these players will never have higher trade value than they have right now. And the fact that you're a Celtics team in a three seed, and if you maybe add a superstar player, well, you could give the Cleveland, you could give the Cavaliers a run for their money if you can see them in the playoffs and if you get to the Eastern Conference Finals and you play them there, you know, if you can keep that three seed locked down. So, you know, all those things combined and the fact that they didn't make any moves at all leave me disappointed, even today, a day later, as I was disappointed yesterday. But while disappointed, given those factors I just told you about. I still am optimistic about this Celtics team, and I think you still have to be optimistic with the fact that they could possibly still make some moves with these assets, with the draft picks, with some of their players, and and make a major trade and also a major signing this summer. They could. I mean, that's why I'm optimistic. And people say, well... You're you're optimistic. You're a green teamer, or you 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 sipping the Kool Aid. Well, not. I don't think. I don't think really that's the case because if you want to look at reality, reality is they still have an opportunity this summer to do something and make a major move. Would I have preferred it right now? Sure, but I also don't think that I'm sitting here giving up the Brooklyn pick for just about every big name that's thrown out there. It needs to be the right big name. I told you names like Durant. I told you names like Cousins. Danny Ainge pretty much said the same thing. He said that I'm not going to give that Brooklyn pick up for just for anybody. Uh, th- there's only going to be a certain number of people I'm giving that Brooklyn pick up for. You're going to have to overwhelm me, sweep me off my feet for me to give up this year's Brooklyn pick. The Brooklyn pick. Does that have a Twitter account yet? The Brooklyn pick. I feel like somebody should create that. Now, I'm not going to create it because, to be honest, I don't have time to be tweeting stuff out from the Brooklyn pick Twitter account, but I'm sure somebody out there, if it might even already be created. I have no idea, but if it's not, I would, I hope somebody has the time to do that and would do that for us. Cause that could be pretty entertaining. To be honest, it could, it could be very entertaining, but the Brooklyn pick, it, you know, we keep talking about that and what would it take for the Celtics to give it up? Well, obviously there was nothing that happened yesterday that, the Celtics gave it up for. There was no trade, no play that the Celtics made that gave the Brooklyn pick up because they didn't make any trades. But as we're learning today, that doesn't mean, at least if you believe Danny Ainge, that doesn't mean the Celtics weren't close to moving that Brooklyn pick or hadn't really agreed internally to move the Brooklyn pick for a certain player before yesterday's 3 o'clock NBA trade deadline. That's the biggest story of the day today. That's the biggest piece of news here in Boston is that a day after the NBA trade deadline, 
Danny Ainge made his media rounds this morning, this afternoon. He was on 98.5 The Sports Hub. He was on WEI 93.7 FM, both Boston sports stations. He was on other shows. He talked to other media outlets. He gave some information to Adam Kaufman of WBZ Radio, uh, which, uh, again, is just really a news station, WBZ News. He was making his media rounds And what Danny Ainge said, the president of basketball operations for the Boston Celtics, this morning, he said that the Celtics came very close to making a blockbuster trade before yesterday's 3 o'clock deadline with a mystery team about a trade that was never reported in the media. And it was also a deal that if it went down, would have been a risk for both teams. And the reason this blockbuster trade with this mystery team that was never reported that would have been a risk for both teams, the reason that this move, this blockbuster deal never went down is because the other team backed out at the last second. That's what Danny Ainge said this morning. And he is sticking to his story. The first time I heard it uh, was on Toucher and Rich in the morning. I heard him on with Ordway, Maloney, and Fourier on WEI. Uh, after that, I heard him with Adam Kaufman, WBZ Radio. He's Danny Ainge is sticking to his story. I read some other quotes in different places from him. His story is that the Celtics were ready to send the Brooklyn pick, this year's first-round Brooklyn pick, which would have been included in a bigger package. So it wouldn't have just been the Brooklyn pick. Would have been included in a bigger package. Send it to another team that we weren't talking about. I, I shouldn't say we, actually. Because I actually don't know. Like when Danny Ainge says this was a mystery team, this potential deal was with a mystery team that was never reported. When he says that, I don't know what reports he saw and what reports he didn't. I mean, look, a lot of the stuff that we talked about, that I talk about on this podcast, that I've talked about on WEI over the weekend as we got closer to the trade deadline, you know, some of the the trades that we threw out there, the trade proposals that we gave, the names that we threw against the wall that said you could probably try to get him, some of the rumors that we had heard months ago, like a DeMarcus Cousins, uh, you know, I talked about him a lot. Kevin Durant, I talked about him a lot. I mentioned James Harden's name. You know, people that we've mentioned, someone the other day I read on this show, a proposal they sent me that included a Jimmy Butler. You know, those aren't actual reports, right? But there were reports on DeMarcus Cousins a while back. There were reports on a Gallinari. We had heard something about a potential Gordon Haywood deal. So I don't know, is he just talking about the reports in the last week for players like Al Horford, Blake Griffin, Kevin Love, Dwight Howard. Like, is he just talking about that group of players and those teams? Houston, Cleveland, uh, Atlanta, right? Clippers. Is he just talking about those that group there? I, I don't know. I don't know what reports he's talking about. So what would be a mystery team in his mind with regards to reports or what's been reported I don't know that that would be a mystery to some of us who sit here every day and come up with these trade proposals that some people think are crazy and some people don't. Now, what I've done and hearing this report, I I think you got to try to break it down. Now, 
I've tried to break this down. I've, I've looked at all the quotes from Danny Ainge. First and foremost, let me read some of the more telling quotes, the ones that jump off the page, the one that tell Danny Ainge's story, I think, the best. At least what he's trying to tell us. Now, you might not believe him. I'll tell you this. When I read these quotes, I actually do believe him. I do. You can say I'm sipping the Kool-Aid all you want. I believe Danny Ainge. And you might be disappointed to think that this trade could have go down, but we have to be optimistic. I told you, I'm disappointed yet optimistic about this Celtics team, mainly because the optimism stems from, I know, we know the assets they still have. They could still move this summer. They could still move the Brooklyn pick before the draft. Now, it's, it's more of a risk. It's a little bit more risky because... By the time you're able to move that pick after the season, you're going to know what pick that is. They're going to have the lottery in what, May? They have the lottery during the playoffs? And and you won't be able to move the pick then. You've got to wait till the season's over. So you might get a little unlucky. And that could end up being the, the fourth or the fifth overall pick. Who knows? Maybe the sixth for all we know. I, oh, you know what I'm saying. You could get unlucky with it. It could fall. You could fall back. It could be a devastating turn of events on lottery night. And, and you risk that Brooklyn pick not having as much value, right? You do. That's what you risk. So even with that said, even with that risk, you still got to understand the reality of it is, realistically, the Celtics can still make the move. They can still make the big trade. They can still package these assets and, and, and make the type of deal that could land them a superstar player. They can still do it this summer before the draft. Right? They can. So that's why I think you got to stay optimistic. And some of the players that we talked about, like an Al Horford, he's going to be a free agent, unrestricted, at the end of the season. You never know. Maybe he he thinks Boston's a place he'd like to play. He'd like to play with this group. You never know. Maybe Isaiah Thomas, All-Star Weekend, was able to convince him. Maybe Al Horford was the guy that was asking Isaiah Thomas about playing for the Celtics, playing in Boston which is what Isaiah Thomas said in an anonymous. He's going to leave it anonymous, but a player was asking him about the Celtics. That's what Isaiah Thomas told the reporter. Maybe Al Horford's that guy. Maybe you're able to sign him. And then you're also able to trade for someone. I, that, that's why I think you have to stay optimistic because it is realistic that the Celtics can still make a move. I'm disappointed they didn't make one now, but it's not the end of the world. And if, you, if you're reacting like it's the end of the world, then you're not being realistic. You're not. You can call me a green teamer. You can say that I'm sipping the Kool-Aid all you want, but I will come right back at you and say that you're being negative, you're being pessimistic, and you're being unrealistic because being realistic is knowing that the Celtics still have an opportunity to move these assets and make a major move this summer. That said, with what Danny Ainge is saying today, which is what the biggest story is of the day here in Boston, that he had a deal that fell apart at the last minute, at the very last minute, because the other team backed out. I want to read you these quotes that describe it a little bit better. In in his words, and I'm reading these quotes uh, as printed out. I see them on Comcast Sportsnet's website, coming from the Toucher and Rich show in the morning, which Danny Ainge uh, does a weekly segment with them. Here's what Danny Ainge said this morning. He said, quote, We were willing to do one deal, and it just didn't happen. Both teams weren't ready to go, and it was a really tough, close deal. 
And it was certainly not a no-brainer. There was risk on both sides, Pot, but at the end of the day, both teams were not ready to do it. Ainge continued, it's something that we had been deliberating on for two days straight. The other team was doing that as well. And we were wrapping ourselves around a big package to do a deal. And at the very last minute, they just said, oh, they did not want to do it. They just backed out. So it was a deal that was talked about, thought about, and that was probably the closest that we came. End quote. So there's Danny Ainge talking about this deal again. They were very close to making a blockbuster trade before yesterday's deadline with a mystery team that was never reported. A mystery deal that was never talked about in reports. I say in reports because perhaps I did talk about it. Perhaps we did talk about it. I've mentioned many names and sort of thinking outside the box. But he says a mystery team, a mystery deal that was never reported. And the other team backed out at the very last minute. But the one part of all these quotes that gets me, because I have a list here. I Believe me. I mean, you think I don't have a fucking list? Are you kidding me? You know how much time I spent on the NBA ESPN trade machine the other night? I haven't slept in four days. I can't even imagine what it would be like to be an actual GM instead of a fake imaginary general manager. I, I'm an imaginary GM, and I can't sleep because I'm trying to make deals with myself, with a fucking computer screen. Um, now I try to do it while being realistic, as I told you the deal yesterday on my trade reaction show, trade deadline reaction show, and, and I tweeted a picture of it from the trade machine, a three-team deal between the Celtics, the Rockets, and the Hawks, in which, you know, the Celtics are getting Al Horford, the Hawks would be getting Dwight Howard, and the Rockets would be getting Jared Sullinger, David Lee's expiring contract, Tiago Splitter just to make the money work, and you're giving a pick to the Rockets that's that wasn't a Brooklyn pick, and you're giving a pick, a first-round pick to the Hawks that wasn't a Brooklyn pick. So both the Hawks and the Rockets getting first-round picks, uh, and the Celtics getting Al Horford, and every team based on the respective circumstances with the money work, and it just made sense for all three parties, Okay. So, I've, I, you know, I've tried to be realistic with it. And if you want a visual to that trade, I took a screen grab and, and put it on Twitter. I, it's on Twitter. It's on Facebook. Follow me, and, and you'll be able to find it. But when I was on the trade machine, I was trying to be realistic. But I spent hours and lost plenty of sleep on the trade machine. You think I don't have a list? You think I haven't sat here today for hours and tried to narrow down the, the search for who Danny Ainge is trying to get his hands on. And I say trying because, again, this deal could still happen. Whatever deal fell through, it could still happen. And, in fact, Danny Ainge points that out as he made his media rounds today. That This deal that fell through yesterday, it is still a possibility in the summer. And he uses the Kevin Garnett trade to back that up. Let me Again, let me read you the quote. Here's what he said uh, with regards to that this morning on Toucher and Rich. He said, quote, A lot of discussions that we had, I think, can set the path for something later on down the road. Before we got Kevin Garnett, it was something we had talked about for two years. So you just never know what might happen later. End quote. 
from Danny Ainge this morning. And and so you got to take all these things that he said and you got to factor it all in as you come up with your list. And, you know, I came up with a list of probably about 12 to 15 players and you just you keep hacking away at it, right? You keep knocking names off the list. Now, um, I, I've read some crazy things. I really have read some crazy things. Some people just get nuts. And, and you know, not that I'm, not that I guess I'm not getting nuts. I want the Celtics to get nuts, but I want to be realistic with the things that Danny Ainge said because I do believe Danny Ainge. I believe him. And, and I don't think it's crazy to believe him given the assets the Celtics have. And, and you know, people who don't believe him, they're, they're acting like Danny Ainge has never pulled off a major move in his life. I mean, he has. He just points one out, the Kevin Garnett deal. And the Ray Allen one to make that happen. And the fact that he says they were talking about the Garnett deal and trying to plan that out for two years. Now... The one thing, though, that Danny Ainge says today that I can't really seem to, I can't get past, is the whole risk thing. Like, both teams, this deal, whatever deal he wanted to do yesterday, and that the other team almost did, but they backed out last minute. A deal with a mystery team that was not reported. The one thing I can't get past is when he says this deal would have been a risk for both teams, all right? So what's a risk? You got to ask yourself that. What is a risk in that situation? What is it? Is it, what does that mean? Is it, is it a personality issue with a player? Is it an impending free agent? Is it a player who's inju- injured right now or had come back from an injury, a serious injury? Uh, is it another team that's given up? on this year by making this move and maybe they look like they are in contention. I mean, it could mean multiple things. But what's important to note is that Danny Ainge says it would have been a risk, not just for one team. So those risks that I mentioned, it could be a combination of two. It could be the same for each team. It was a risk for both teams, not just one, both. All right, both. So here we go. I'm, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give you my list, and I'm gonna tell you out loud how I've narrowed this thing down. But let, let's just one more time go over the factors. You want to get a pen, piece of paper? You want to go along? You want to write it out? I mean, this is like, this is like a game of Clue for crying out loud, and and I'm obsessed with it. I can't pull myself away from it. And every time I think I have the answer, I think of a reason and dig a little bit deeper into what Danny Ainge said. To, to make to lead me on to somebody else. Somebody else that's on my list. So, hey, get a piece of paper, get a pen and a pad, or open your phone, open your notes. Let's go. Here are the factors, all right? The Brooklyn pick would have been part of the package, of a bigger package. So it wasn't just the Brooklyn pick. This is from the Celtics end. It wasn't just the Brooklyn pick. It was a it was the Brooklyn pick involved in a bigger package. So you got to think there were other picks involved. You got to think there were a player, a couple players involved. It was a, this was a big deal, all right? It did not involve Griffin, Blake Griffin, Kevin Love, Al Horford, or Dwight Howard. This is according to Adam Kaufman of WBZ Radio. He said that's what Danny Ainge implied that to him, that this deal was not Blake Griffin, was not Kevin Love, was not Al Horford, was not Dwight Howard. So I assume 
that covers the whole maybe mystery team approach of when Danny Ainge says, you know, it was a mystery team. It had not been reported, right? Not Love, not Griffin, not Horford, not Howard. You can cross, you can get them out of there. Cross them off the list. And it's important to note that Danny Ainge said it was certainly not a no-brainer, right? And that gets into the whole risk. There was risk for both sides. So it means there was risk for the Celtics. Both teams had been deliberating this for two straight days. And the final point here is this. Ainge goes on to say that this is possibly something that could happen this summer. Or, by telling us that he was talking about Kevin Garnett for two years before he made that trade, I don't know, is Danny Ainge implying that this is a deal that even if it doesn't happen this summer, it could happen after this summer? I I don't know that I should think, I don't know that we should think too much into the two-year part of it. I think that was just him pointing out that he's made deals after he's actually talked to the other teams initially about that, right? He has. So I, I, let's let's look at this summer because he says you never know what's going to happen later, okay? You never know. Um, and, and as we know, the Celtics have the pieces still to make a move this summer. So those are the factors. Here's my list. And I'm going through the teams. You know, I get the standings. I get the injury report. I get the salary caps going. I get it all ready to roll. And I begin with, I'll begin in the Eastern Conference, all right? Cleveland, we said mystery team. So all this talk about Kevin Love, you got a mystery team, cross the Cavaliers off the list, right? A team that was not involved in reports, cross them off the list. Uh, then I go to the two seed, the Raptors. I had not heard, I have not heard one trade rumor with the Toronto Raptors involved with the Celtics. Haven't done it. So... I'm going to throw DeMar DeRozan on this list. He's the first name I threw on the list. DeMar DeRozan, 26 years old. He has a player option next year, right? Player option next year. Uh, $10 million player option, nine $10 million player option. He averages 23 points a game. He is an all-star. He is that type of scorer that I consider an elite scorer. He's young enough to, to be a factor in your organization, to be a big name. Um, I, I'm, I'm not going to immediately rule him out because, again, it's a mystery team. And when you talk about risks that may be involved for both teams, well, the risk for Toronto would be that they're a team right now that's the number two seed in the Eastern Conference. So why would the number two seed in the East trade one of their superstar players? Right? So that's the risk. You're saying we're, we're already the number two seed. This isn't going to look good for us. We're risking losing some fans here. We're risking a, a, a whole lot of criticism for, for relying on the Brooklyn pick, some younger players who are not necessarily at the level of DeMar DeRozan, who are not superstar players. This is, this is a risky move for us, if, you know, if you're Toronto. That's what you got to say. And if you're the Celtics, what would be the risk of DeMar DeRozan? The player option. What if he doesn't pick it up? What if you can't re-sign him? What if he doesn't want to stay in Boston? That's a risk. The whole impending free agency. I, I want. I see. I, I think the longer I go on with this, and the more I think about it, and I look at my list, I the, the more I think the risk on the Celtics end 
was an impending free agent, like someone that they were not sure they were going to sign. But if you're going to give the Brooklyn pickup and a larger package for that, you got to think this is a pretty damn good player. I mean, the fact that they go- Danny Ainge even said they were only going to give up the Brooklyn pick. You have to- he had to be swept off his feet. So it has to be a superstar player if he's willing to give up the Brooklyn pick. Let's just- it has to be. So I'm only going over star players. And DeMar DeRozan, all-star, 23 points a game, 26 years old, but he's got a player option. That's a, that's a risk for the Celtics. It is. It's a risk to, to give up all that, to give up the Brooklyn pick, and take on a guy that you don't know you're going to be able to keep long-term. So there's the risk. But a superstar player, nonetheless. And certainly someone who I would think about if he became available. I see I never thought he would become available. But then that's the risk Toronto runs. You know, they might look at it and say, well, we're not, we don't know that we don't know that we're gonna be able to to get over the hump with DeRozan. So maybe we'll take this package of, of younger players from the Celtics and, and and this Brooklyn pick, and we're gonna bank on getting we're gonna bank that that could be Simmons. That could be Ingram. All right? So there's the risk. DeRozan's on the list. I haven't crossed him off yet. Maybe I will in a few minutes, but we're just going up and down. Next. You know, you go through the standings. Got to cross Atlanta off because he said it's a mystery team, not Atlanta. Uh, the Miami Heat, I guess you look at Whiteside, but you're not giving up the Brooklyn pick for Whiteside. So, that's... He, I, I'm, I'm not going with Miami. It's not Miami. Right? Indiana? Well, you got to throw Paul George on the list. He's on the list. Paul George, second on the list. 25 years old. 23 points a game. Missed most of last season, returned last April to play, what, six games after a brutal knee injury. Has returned this, you know, for a full season this year so far. And as I mentioned, 23 points a game. He's locked up for a couple of years, close to 20 mil. And you say, well, why would Indiana trade him? Well, they're the sixth seed, and maybe they have concerns about Paul George's knee holding up with this big money for the next couple of years, right? And they think if they're going to trade him, well, maybe they'll move him now if they can get a huge return, and the best return they could get would be to deal with a team like the Celtics who have all these assets and could give them the Brooklyn pick. And from the Celtics, would I trade the Brooklyn pick to get my hands on a 25-year-old Paul George? Of course I would. He's an all-star, he's a great shooter, and he's exactly the type of player that you should want if you're the Celtics right now. The risk. What would be the risk? For the Indiana Pacers, the risk would be well, again, he's your best player. And you're trading him in a situation where you don't necessarily have to. So you're going to take some criticism for that. It's a risk. And for the Celtics, well, you're trading a, a monster package here for a 25-year-old kid who, again, hasn't finished their full season after that serious knee injury. So there, there might be still some, some concerns about the knee. Maybe they consider a risk. I'm just thinking out loud of what the risks would be. Bear with me. But Paul George, he's on the list. All right? Next. Hornets, nah. I'm looking at them, but I'm just... I, I don't stay looking at them too long. I go right to Chicago. Somebody hit me up the other day, and I read it on my trade deadline preview show with a potential deal, a probable deal, with somebody threw a proposal out and said, hey... What about Jimmy Butler? Could you get Jimmy Butler? I'm going to put Jimmy Butler on the list for now. 26 years old, 
22 points a game. Right now he's injured. He's dealing with a knee strain. He is locked up. He just signed a huge deal. Close to $20 million for, what, the next four or five years? You know, I don't think the Bulls are going to move him. But there have been some, you know, the Bulls, there have been some issues internally with that Chicago team. Whether they've said before that Rose and Butler aren't getting along. What are they going to do with Paul Gasol? You know, when he his contract is up after the season, uh, Derek Rose... With his ish injury issues, like what does the future hold for the Chicago Bulls? I think the Bulls are in a weird spot. They don't have Joe Kim Noah right now. Noah's hurt, and without Noah, he Noah's really the heart and soul of that team. Without him, you know what are they doing right now? They're the eighth seed in the East. They've underachieved, but they're also dealing with injuries. They just gave Jimmy Butler this huge contract. I don't know. You think they're in a spot where maybe they're either regretting that deal or wondering if. You know, where they stand right now is the eighth seed. Could they get nuts themselves and maybe take a shot with that Brooklyn pick to see if they could get a Simmons or an Ingram to, to play with a Derrick Rose? And and out of all, if they're going to make a move, well, who has more trade value, Jimmy Butler or Derrick Rose right now? I think it's Jimmy Butler. And if you're the Celtics, Jimmy Butler is the exact type of player that you should want. Again, 26 years old, 22 points a game. Um, he's under contract. He would be one of those two max contracts that you want to give out. Here are the risks. One, again, you're the Chicago Bulls. You're going to deal off Jimmy Butler? Right? That's what you're going to do? You're going to trade him? It's, I mean, Derrick Rose is injured. Paul Gasol, you might lose him. You need Jimmy Butler. He's your best player. He's your MVP caliber player. You need him. You don't know if Derrick Rose is ever going to return to form. And in fact, the sign, by the signs of it, it doesn't look like he will. Jimmy Butler is a kid in his mid-20s that you should want to hold on to. If you don't, you're going to, the criticism's going to come down on you. You're going to, you're going to feel the wrath from that fan base in Chicago. From a lot of people. What are you doing? Especially if that Brooklyn pick turns out to not even be a top three pick. Right? So that's the risk for Chicago. Maybe overthinking it a little bit and getting crushed for it after. For the Celtics, what would the risk with Jimmy Butler be? Eh, I guess you could say that he's dealing with a knee injury right now and you don't know what that's going to turn out to be, but the risk isn't so much there with the Celtics if they would acquire Jimmy Butler. That's why I don't know if I'm keeping him on this list much longer, but we'll, we'll add him to the list for the time being. All right, that's what we'll do. And as we go down, I get to the Detroit Pistons. If the playoffs began today, Detroit is on the outside looking in. They're in the ninth place in the Eastern Conference. They're a half game out of a playoff spot. The Pistons, a name I'm taking and putting on the list, is Andre Drummond. 22-year-old big, 17 points a game, 15 rebounds a game, 1.5 blocks per game. He's a restricted free agent at the end of this season. He rejected a monster deal this past October, but that's I think it was a strategic move they were saying, right? That ha that will end up helping the Pistons salary cap hit with his new deal that he could get as a restricted free agent after the season. Again, 22-year-old kid. Also, if you're the Pistons, you made a choice this past offseason, right? Greg Monroe or Andre Drummond. 
well, they chose Andre Drummond by letting Greg Monroe go and, and sign him with the Milwaukee Bucks. So they made their choice. Um, that's why maybe it's unrealistic that the Pistons move Drummond. The risk here would be, but, it, but again, it's, it's a team and a mystery team that we didn't talk about. I don't, like you don't, don't forget that part of it. That's why I'm pulling these guys out. Teams that we weren't talking about, players that we weren't talking about, that are superstar players that are worthy of the Brooklyn pick. What would the risk be with the Andre Drummond, with an Andre Drummond potential trade? And, you know, I guess the more I think about Andre Drummond, I put him on my sheet because he's a big-name player with a team we didn't talk about. Uh, And the risk, there's more risk with Detroit, right? Because people in Detroit would say, well, you didn't bring Greg Monroe back, you chose Drummond. Why wouldn't you keep Drummond... You have control. He's a restricted free agent. He's not unrestricted. And, and that's where I get to, you know, if the Celtics traded for Drummond, there would really be no risk with that because they would have him restricted and the Celtics would be able to match any other offer that's out there. So the Drummond thing, the more you think about it, the more you talk about it, that seems to be an unrealistic one because there seems to be no reason why Detroit would move him unless Drummond asked out. And I don't know that, you know, that's a whole nother level. That's, that's taking this thing to a whole nother element. Guys asking out. Uh, and, and that's not one of the aspects that we heard. So, uh, I, Drummond, I put him on the list, but I'm right away when I get to risks. Again, for both teams, the risks need to be for both teams. The team acquiring Drummond, the Celtics, if Detroit would be stupid enough to move him, there would be no risk for the Celtics, would there? They'd ha- he'd be restricted. They'd have control. They could match anything. They could bring Drummond back to the Celtics. Um, so, Andre Drummond, and, and you look, you'd be signing Drummond to a max contract. So, it's just, I think that's unrealistic. So, you know what? Right away, we're going to cross Drummond off the list. Right away. We put him on the list. He doesn't last too long. We're going to cross him off right away. I'd love to keep him on there. Believe me, I wish the Celtics would be able to go after Drummond. But... I don't think Pistons are going to move him. That wouldn't make much sense. It just wouldn't make sense for the Pistons to move him. Uh, then we go up and down the Eastern Conference here, and I'm going to go to... See, I was thinking about... Am, am I going to put Jabari Parker on there? No, I'm not going to do that. Milwaukee really going to give up on Jabari Parker? I just... I don't see it. I don't think you're going to deal with Brooklyn. I go to the 76ers. We talked about Philly, and that's why I was hesitant to go with this one because, again, I don't know what reports Danny Ainge is talking about when he says this is a deal that wasn't reported with teams that weren't reported. Well, the night before, the like, how specific is he getting? Because the night before the trade deadline, two nights ago, we did hear reports of the 76ers listening to offers for Jaleel Okafor. Um, you know, then you get into that whole 76ers organization. Embiid. But, I mean... Are you gonna give up the? Are you really gonna give up the Brooklyn pick for Embiid? Probably not, right? So I think you can cross Embiid off the list. I mean, the guy you want to talk about not staying healthy. I know you say, "Oh, that's a that would be a risk for the Celtics." Um, well, how would that? But how would that be a risk for the 76ers? You know, what's one team's risk doesn't necessarily have to be the other team's. So I don't. I don't think that works out. I think what would make more sense would be Jaleel Okafor. 20 years old. 
He's under control for a couple years. 17 points a game. 1.2 blocks a game. And the 76ers, you know, they look at their organization and they say, well, you know, we have, we might have the number one overall pick this year. We might be able to get Simmons. Um, maybe we get some for Okafor right now, right? And, and perhaps, you know, the Celtics would be that team that would give us some assets to be able to do it. But the more I even think about this one right away, the risks, like what would the risk for the Celtics be? If they get Okafor, I wouldn't, I don't, I don't think I'd see a risk there in that. So, nah, I have to cross that one. Jaleel Okafor gets put on the list. I have him here, but I got to cross him off right away. To me, if the Celtics get Jaleel Okafor, 20-year-old Okafor, how's that a risk? It's not. So you got to cross it out. Now you get to the Western Conference. Golden State, come on. San Antonio, no. Those two teams are staying put right now, and they're looking to make a move to add to those teams to, to beat each other, to beat up each other in, in a potential Western Conference final series. So no Golden State, no San Antonio. Ah, brings us to what I think is the favorite here. And if I had to put money, Oklahoma City, a strong favorite to be this mystery team, especially when you start factoring in the risks that an organization would make to make a trade with a team like the Celtics at the deadline. For a superstar player that's worthy of the Brooklyn pick and then some in a bigger package. Kevin Durant. Now, Durant's name's been floated out there by me many times. But Danny Ainge says, well, it's a mystery team and and a deal that has not been reported. And if you're talking about Oklahoma City, mystery team, okay, reports, Oklahoma City, fine. I didn't read any reports from any of the beat writers or NBA insiders at the deadline yesterday that said Oklahoma City was thinking about trading Kevin Durant and the Celtics and Thunder were talking. You're right. I didn't see those reports. So this very well could be the mystery team. And if it is the mystery team and the Celtics are going to give up the Brooklyn pick, who the hell do you think he's talking about? He's talking about Kevin Durant. Okay? If that's the deal. And I'm throwing throwing Durant's name on the list. 27 years old, turns 28 in September. He's an impending free agent at season's end. 28 points per game. Kevin Durant. Elite of the elite. All right? You do anything you can to land Kevin Durant. A lot of people have been laughing at me for bringing his name up. But as long as he's going to be a free agent, then I don't see why you'd laugh. You do everything you can. I told you, I want Danny Ainge thinking of Kevin Durant before this year's trade deadline. Whether it's making a move for him now, which I never thought Oklahoma City would do, or whether it's possibly getting him in a sign and trade before the draft, which gets me thinking once again to Danny Ainge's comments about, hey, you know, you, you build it right now, you kick the tires right now, you get close to a deal right now, at least you built something to continue those talks, maybe before the draft. You know, if we get lucky on lottery night and uh, or we at least look to, to perform a par for the course with what pick we should have, we have discussions again about this deal. I think Kevin Durant has to be a favorite in this competition. If you were to, you know, put a money line here on, on, on maybe the odds of what player Danny Ainge is talking about that he was close to acquiring yesterday before the deadline, given everything Danny Ainge said, mystery team. We weren't talking about it. Nope, we weren't talking about Oklahoma City. Uh, 
a, a deal to which you'd give up the Brooklyn pick. It'd be a blockbuster. You know, you're not going to give up that Brooklyn pick for anybody. You're going to give it up for a superstar player and a superstar player only. And they were only a select few. And I've told you, as we've continued to talk about this deadline and this Brooklyn pick, that Durant is on my very short list of players I would move that pick for. And if you talk about both teams, it was a risk for both teams. Well, here's the risk for Oklahoma City. They had a three seed in the West. Westbrook, Durant, they're both healthy. You can make a run for it right now. You got 40 wins, 40 and 14. You might not get to the two seed. You might not get to the uh, one seed. But if you can remain in that three seed, guess what? You go into a second round playoff series against San Antonio. You think you got a shot. You get to the conference finals against Golden State. You think you got a shot. You go for it if you're Oklahoma City. So if you all of a sudden trade Durant right now, you, you know, that's a risk. You're risking losing your entire fan base. I mean, you just, you had a shot this year, not just risking that, but you might also be risking, you know, the, re the people coming to play in Oklahoma City, like Russell Westbrook's deal is going to be up in a couple years. Would this piss him off? That's a risk. But if you're the Thunder, I think realistically, if you want to say to yourself, we're not going to sign Kevin Durant. He's gone. He's leaving. And if we wait till after the season and a sign and trade, we might not have as much leverage as we do right now. We might not get this type of deal. Like, we might not be able to get this package that the Celtics are offering us. No one's going to be able to offer us this type of return for Durant right now. So that's why we think about making this move. And if you're the Celtics, you say, well, what, what would the risk be for getting Kevin Durant? You know what the risk would be? Impending free agent. That's risking it. To give up the Brooklyn pick as part of an even, an even bigger package to only rent him the rest of the season and then possibly lose him as an unrestricted free agent if he says to himself, hey, I just have always wanted to go home and play with the Wizards. Uh, or if he says, I just always wanted to play in L.A. Or if he even says, I've always wanted to play in New York. You're risking losing him for nothing. And so, that's a risk. A major risk to give up all of that for a rental. As good as the rental, as great as the rental may be. So there's the risk on both sides. Kevin Durant, given the situation, the circumstances, everything that Danny Ainge said... Durant just seems to fit perfectly in, in there. That's, it could be Durant. Durant's a favorite. I got my list. He's on there. I'm not taking him off. He's a favorite. But I'm not going to, I'll get back to him. We're going to narrow it down. I go down the Western Conference. And again, I'm thinking of teams we haven't mentioned. Now, I get to Houston. And, you know, I'd like to put James Harden on this list. But the reason I can't do it is because Danny Ainge said a mystery team. And we've been talking about Houston with Dwight Howard. You know, we haven't talked about James. I've talked about James Harden, but there have been no reports about James Harden coming to the Celtics. But he says mystery team. Houston wouldn't be a mystery team, would it? It can't be. So we got to rule him out. We got to rule out James Harden because of that. Believe me, I don't want to, but I'm going to have to based on what Danny Ainge said. Maybe he misspoke and said... It's a, a, it's a mystery combination of the report and the team. Then maybe James Harden is a possibility. But because he said mystery team, I got I to gotta knock him off. 
I'm going to knock James Harden off. It brings me to Utah, the Utah Jazz. Right now, the ninth place team, number nine. They are just barely on the outside looking in of a playoff spot if the playoffs began right now on this Friday afternoon. And the Jazz have a player that I told you to keep an eye out for before the deadline, Gordon Haywood. 25 years old, averages 20 points a game, kid can shoot, uh, played for Brad Stevens at Butler. He is under contract for $16 million next year and a $17 million player option in 2017-2018. So he's under contract for next year, $16 mil, and then a player option, $17 mil. We'll, we'll, we'll call that, if they were to acquire Gordon Haywood, we'll say Haywood would pick up that option or sign an extension, knowing that, hey, he'd, he'd like to play with Brad Stevens. And if they don't, if, the, if it turns out a situation the Celtics don't want him, he'd still probably pick up the option. We'll say he's under contract, Gordon Haywood, for two years after this, if he came to Boston. 25 years old, 20 points per game. What would the risks be? Utah would be a mystery team. What would the risk be? Oh, or, or would they? You know, maybe they wouldn't because we have heard Gordon Haywood rumors. Again, that's where we get into maybe Ainge needed to be more specific on the reports that he's talking about because we had heard reports that linked Haywood to the Celtics beginning of the season, maybe, right? I put it this way, I've heard him. Um, but but let's say that those reports were so far back that he doesn't remember, or maybe he didn't see him. We'll throw Gordon Haywood on the list. What would the risks be? The risk for Utah? He's a he's a kid who's under contract for a couple of years. You know, you you gotta I think a bright future is what you're showing in Utah. And you're not out of a playoff race. And I think if you're a jazz fan, you're sitting there going, All right, we got a shot to get in. We might not have a shot to, to win it all, but this is, this is exciting. And Gordon Haywood is one of our best players. Why would we trade that? For what? A pick that might be a top pick? We don't even know if that's the case. So that's the risk there. I, think you ri- I do think you risk something if you're Utah. Um, but it's not a huge risk, so I'm, I'm not sure I'm feeling this one. But he's there. We got to talk about it. The Celtics, what would the risk be? Well, the risk would be that maybe Gordon Haywood just isn't worth the Brooklyn pick. And I don't think he is. So it makes me want to take him off the list. Uh, We'll keep him on for now. We'll get back to him. We'll keep him on the list for now. It's not as impossible as the Drummond or the Okafor. So as I go down the Western Conference, then I get to the Sacramento Kings. Oh, here we go. And now it's like... What reports is Danny Ainge talking about? Because we've heard reports of DeMarcus Cousins' name left and right. And I, you know how I feel about DeMarcus Cousins. If you can get DeMarcus Cousins, go out and get DeMarcus Cousins. And I don't care what you have to give up to get him. Is he worthy of the Brooklyn pick? Of course he is. DeMarcus Cousins, 25 years old, averages 27 points a game, 11 rebounds a game, 1.3 blocks per game, he is under contract, $16 million next year, $17 million the year after that. So, to me, this is a, a player worthy of giving up the Brooklyn pick as part of a larger package. And it's, I, we'll call it, for the sake of this argument, a mystery team because leading into the trade deadline, most of the DeMarcus Cousins talk, I think, was from people like myself 
Not saying that that it's a stupid conversation to have. I'm saying people like myself who are trying to come up with trade proposals that aren't necessarily based on insider reports, okay? So did we see any actual reports linking the Celtics and the Kings to a specific DeMarcus Cousins trade heading into the trade deadline, in the days leading into the trade deadline? No, we didn't see that report. So maybe Sacramento is a mystery team. It's possible. What are the risks? Well, the risk would be for Sacramento is that you're giving up your best player who's only 25 years old, who's one of the best players in the game, who is under contract for a couple more years, right? And for a Kings team that is trying to rebuild, don't you, wouldn't you want to rebuild around DeMarcus Cousins? And not for nothing, but they're only four games out of a playoff spot if they wanted to try and make a late season push with only two teams ahead of them. Three teams, actually. Utah, Houston, Portland. Those are teams that they could catch. Maybe not so much Portland, but Sacramento, you know, if they turn some things around and won a couple games here late in the season, they could catch up to Utah-Houston. It's not impossible. I don't think it's going to happen, but you'd also, by trading Cousins now, you'd be throwing in the towel on the season. You would. And say there's going to be no playoffs. And you know what? You'd also be saying to your fan base, we don't know when we're going to go to the playoffs next, to be quite honest. You're then going in to full rebuild mode by giving up a pretty young superstar player who's on a contract, so you risk losing your fan base and giving up on this season and giving up in a couple seasons here. That's a risk for Sacramento. What would the risk be for the Celtics? It would probably be DeMarcus Cousins. Well, this is what fear... This is what people fear here in Boston. This is their biggest fear with DeMarcus Cousins. Not mine, but other people. People that say they don't want to trade for Cousins, his personality, his attitude. They don't like it. They think it sucks. They think he's a head case. And that would be the risk. That on a team that seems to have it all, an organization that's got it all going for them right now, with all these young players and this group and this core that you've built and worked hard to build, you, you risk bringing DeMarcus Cousins in with a good young coach. You risk bringing him in and maybe messing with that because he has attitude issues or a personality problem. And, and you know, that, that could affect the way this team gels and the chemistry of this team. That's a risk. So I think you got to say that DeMarcus Cousins, he's got to be one of the favorites to be one of the players with one of these mystery teams that Danny Ainge is talking about. And as I go up and down, see, New Orleans, I saw people, some people talking about Anthony Davis. Come on. I mean, you have to believe that the Pelicans would trade him, one. Two, we're talking about risks. Both teams, a risk for both teams. What would be the risk for the Celtics trading for Anthony Davis? Would there be a risk there? If you say yes, or even think about saying yes, you're out of your fucking mind. All right, no risk in trading for Anthony Davis. I don't care what you give up. So that you rule that out right away. The last team I have here is the Minnesota Timberwolves. And the last name I have on this list, let's see, how many plays do I have so far? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine on my original list. 
And I guess I already crossed out Drummond and Okafor, so you could say seven. But we'll say nine just to entertain this whole process that we've been going through, that I've been going through. The final player on this list, coming from the Minnesota Timberwolves, Andrew Wiggins, former number one overall pick, 20 years old, 20.8 points per game. So if we could say 21 points per game. He's under contract next year with an 8 million team option the following year, 2017-18. So he's under contract for two years, 20 years old. Has he, has he proven to be this game-changing player in the league? No. But he's an athletic kid. He's only 20. We saw what he did in college. I don't know why you'd give up on him right now. I know you got Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, you know, maybe you're looking at it saying, gee, if we could somehow get our hands on an Ingram or a Simmons, you know, but but again, you got Towns. I just, I have to throw them in because they're a mystery team. They've dealt with Minnesota before. And, and Wiggins, I don't know if they're willing to give up on him. I don't know why they would. So the more I even think about this, the more I, he's on the list. I added him. Uh, but I think that might just be a Minnesota Timberwolves thing where I had to take someone there, and this would be the type of deal maybe they'd look to add a couple young players from the Celtics to go along with this Brooklyn pick and maybe another pick or two. Uh, the risks would be if you're the Celtics, well, maybe Wiggins doesn't pan out to be the superstar player that's worth giving up the Brooklyn pick that could have possibly got you someone like Simmons or Ingram. Uh, and, and for the Timberwolves, the risk would be, well, you're giving up on a kid who's 20 years old who you just took number one a couple of years ago who's on a contract the next couple of years who is averaging 21 points a game. Uh, you know, you might want to rebuild around him. So there are risks there. Yeah, you know what? Right away, nine players. I'm already crossing three off the list. Drummond, Okafor, and Wiggins. I'm going to cross them off. All three. They're gone. Gone. All right? Let's get, let, me, let me get them out of here. Let me, let me get these guys out. What does that leave us with? That leaves us with six players. DeRozan, George, Butler, Durant, Haywood, Cousins. I'm going to take Haywood off. I just, I don't see Haywood being worth the Brooklyn pick. And if Danny Ainge even come out and said, you know, there's certain plays he's not giving up the Brooklyn pick for, which would mean there's a small list that he has. I don't think Gordon Haywood is on the small list of players. Like, you need to be a superstar player. Haywood's a nice player, nice piece, but I just don't think he's worthy of the, of the Brooklyn pick. So I'm going to get rid of Gordon Haywood, which leaves me with five guys. Out of these five guys, DeMar DeRozan, Paul George, Jimmy Butler, Kevin Durant, DeMarcus Cousins, I told you Durant and Cousins have to be favorites. I think that Paul George is, I think it's probably unrealistic the paces move him. Like, I threw the, you know, I threw the, the knee stuff in there. You know, it would be a, a risk for the Celtics to move him or even... Because of the knee, maybe the Pacers would, would feel the need to try and get someone in return from now. I I don't know that it would be such a risk for the Celtics to acquire Paul George. In fact, the more I think about it, the more it's not a risk at all. I, I, I would give up a lot to get Paul George, and I would not look at it. If it's the Brooklyn pick with roster plays that you have now, what's the risk? 
The knee, eh, he's been pretty damn good this year with that repaired knee. Uh, so the more I think about that, the more there's no risk. I'm going to take Paul George off this list. I don't want to, but I have to. Be realistic. Paul George off. Leaves us with four. DeRozan, Butler, Durant, Cousins. I say let's narrow it down between DeRozan and Butler. You want to come down with the final three? Uh, uh, Jimmy Butler? I I don't see the Bulls moving him. I'd acquire him from the Celtics, but what would be the risk if you're the Celtics to get Jimmy Butler? Would there be a risk? We're concerned about a knee injury right now? Eh, no, I don't think there's a risk. I'd give up something pretty good to get Butler. And you know, if you're the Celtics, I, no risk. You got to take him off. Butler's gone. Jimmy Butler's off the list. Leaves us with three. DeRozan, Durant, Cousins. The Raptors, the Thunder, and the Kings. Are they three mystery teams? They could be three mystery teams. Are there risks for each team and each one of these trades with DeRozan? If you're the Raptors, the risk is that as the two seed in the East, you lose your entire fan base. You just had the All-Star weekend. You think you might have gained some fans. You look like, you know, you're going to play Charlotte in the first round at the playoffs began today. You're going to win that, which means that you then play the winner of, what, the... Celtics and the Pacers, right? You figure that could be a winnable series. You think that if you keep the Rosen, you can make the Eastern Conference Finals. If you give them up, and you, the reason you think about giving them up is because he's got a player option. Maybe he's hinted to you that he's not going to opt in and, and he's out. You know, unless there's something crazy that went on with the Rosen's contract that I don't know. And I haven't seen that. Uh... DeRozan, a risk for the Celtics would be, again, that the impending free agent thing. Like, if he doesn't want to pick up that option. So, DeRozan, the more I go over it, that that makes sense. DeMar DeRozan. Then I have to think, if you're Danny Ainge, would you give up the Brooklyn pick for DeRozan? Like, is DeRozan on your short list? And out of the three names that I have here, finalists, DeRozan, Durant, Cousins. Do you put DeRozan in the same conversation as guys like Durant and Cousins? He's close, but he's not in the conversation. And because he's not in the conversation, I got to get rid of him. I got to get rid of DeRozan. Sounds good? Interesting? Fits the criteria, so to speak? Durant and Cousins. That, this is it to me. These are the two guys. One of these two guys is who Danny Ainge was talking about. Durant, 27. Cousins, 25. What's, what, are the, what are the risks? Would, would Danny Ainge really give up that Brooklyn pick for an impending free agent? Would he really give up the Brooklyn pick for someone who you don't know is going to gel with this team and you have personality concerns with? Um, and on the other end of it, would Oklahoma City, you know, would they really deal Kevin Durant yesterday? Would they have really thought about that? Oh, man. Uh, I want it to be Durant. You know that? I want it to be Cousins, too. If, but if you ask me to take, I would take Durant over Cousins. Okay? I would. It's just that free agent thing. If you don't have a deal, like if you didn't talk to his agent, you didn't talk about his contract, are these two mystery teams? Could they be, these be mystery deals? Yes, I think they could. I think they fit the criteria. I'm telling you right now, I'd love for this mystery player to be Durant. I think it's Cousins. I think it's Cousins. I I just think it's DeMarcus Cousins. 
I think if if it was Durant, I think there would have been a I think there would have been something that Ainge would have said, which would have been, uh, you know what? There's there's something else going on with the agent. Oh, I. I, I don't think it's Durant. I'd love for it to be Durant. I don't think there was any chance Oklahoma City moved him yesterday, though. And and by what Danny Ainge is making this sound like, and I, I do believe him, is that this was a deal that the other team thought about up until the last minute. And if I'm Oklahoma City, I'm the third seed in the West. I'm not thinking about it. It's just, I'm not thinking about it. Not as much as Danny Ainge. Let it on. Let us on to believe that that other team was thinking about it. If you're Sacramento, would you think about it? Yeah, you do. Of course you do. And is it something you could revisit? Yeah, both of these things is something you could revisit. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna cross Kevin Durant off, and I'm gonna say the winner of this little contest that we have to see who Danny Ainge is talking about. I'm gonna say it's Demarcus Cousins. I think that's the play. Now you might say, well. He said, mystery team, we had talked about Sacramento. You're right. But I do think most of the talk was based on what we want or based on what I want. I also think most of the talk was based on maybe some things we might have read months back. And and I think as when Danny Ainge talks about reports that we haven't heard, I think he means recently, like in the last two or three days. Like the Horfords, the Loves, the Griffins the Howards, those deals. And let's face it, the last couple of days we have, there have been no reports suggesting that, or at least specific reports saying that DeMarcus Cousins was going to get traded, and certainly not to the Celtics. We didn't see that report. So Sacramento st- still could be a mystery team. And the risks are there for both sides. And it's a player you would give up the Brooklyn pick for, it's a situation that you could revisit this summer. It's Cousins to me. I, I think he's talking about DeMarcus Cousins. I do. That's who he's talking about. So you can hit me up on Twitter, Facebook over the weekend. I'll be on WEI all weekend and we can talk more about this and you can give me your theory and who you think Danny Ainge was talking about, who he wasn't talking about, and we can discuss it. But I'm telling you right now, based on that, Little tournament that I just did. Narrowing this down. Danny Ainge almost acquired DeMarcus Cousins yesterday before the deadline. And Sacramento backed out. And basically said, get back to us this summer. We can't do it right now. We think we might be able to make a little bit of a push to get into the to get into the playoffs. You know what, better yet, we want to see what that Brooklyn pick is. We want to see if you get lucky or unlucky in the lottery. And let's say it's a top three. Well, then we can get back to the drawing board this summer before the draft and come up with something. And DeMarcus Cousins can be yours. Let's talk this summer. A risk to both sides. Celtics wanted to do it. Wanted to give up the Brooklyn pick. Cousins is worthy of the Brooklyn pick. Sacramento backs out last minute. I can see it. Mystery team. We weren't talking about Sacramento. I mean, we were talking about it, but we weren't. Talking about reports that talked about Sacramento and specifically DeMarcus Cousins to the Celtics. We weren't. There weren't those reports out there. So this could be considered mystery. It's Cousins, baby. And I hope it happens. I really do hope it happens. That you can somehow get your hands on DeMarcus Cousins this summer. And that's a possibility. And since it is, 
That's why I remain optimistic. So, that's, that's what we got going on today. That's the news of the day. There's other NBA stuff um, after the trade deadline. We'll pick up the pieces maybe this weekend on WEI. I'm on Saturday, tomorrow from 3 to 6, and then Sunday from 1 to 4. Then I get TV Monday night, so we got plenty of time to go over some of this stuff. TV for Comcast Sportsnet New England. Uh, NHL stuff. The NHL trade deadline's February 29th, so that's coming up. We'll wait till next week to get into some hockey trade stuff. Though I will throw out a name. People are throwing out there. NHL execs have said that P.K. Subban's name has come up in potential trade talk. There's a situation in Montreal, and it's not good. Coach is calling out the player. Usually in those situations, the coach goes. And I could see it playing out like that. That would be the obvious thing for the Canadians to do. But if he is talked about getting moved, he's somebody that we need to talk about. Now, I don't say we as in Boston because I do not think the Canadians are going to trade P.K. Subban to the Bruins. I mean, that's just not going to happen. Would I give up an awful lot to get him? Sure. I'd give up whatever you want. But it's just they're not going to get him. The Canadians are not going to trade with the Bruins. It's not going to happen. So, how much time do you want to spend on it? We'll get to some NHL next week, along with some baseball talk next week, and we'll get to some more NBA stuff this weekend. I'm on WEI, as I told you, and uh, any other NBA things that come out, we'll react to it next week. But before I forget, actually, I got to get my picks, right? Friday, wrap up the week, picks, picks. I told you I got five NBA games for you. Well, let's get to it. Let's close it out with this. Hit the music. That's right. That's the NBA on NBC theme. I love this song, and it's a perfect song for this segment. First pick, I'm going with the Mavs. The Dallas Mavericks, plus one and a half. They are in Orlando. I'm going to take Dallas to beat the Magic. Uh, I don't care where this game is played. I'm going to take the Mavericks. I expect the Mavericks to be able to get into the playoffs this year. What are they, the sixth seed right now? So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Mavs, plus one and a half. Uh, I don't even think they need the points. I think they're going to win the game straight up. But since I'm getting the points, I will take them. Dallas, plus one and a half over Orlando. Then I'm going to go with the Knicks, a four-point favorite against the Nets. This one in Brooklyn, so it's still in New York City. Technically, you could consider it a home game for the Knicks just as much. Again, New York, Knicks, four-point favorite. I'll take them over Brooklyn, and I'll be rooting for Brooklyn to lose. That's what we do here in Boston because of the Brooklyn pick. I'll take the Knicks, minus four. Then I have the Celtics tonight in Utah against the Jazz. The Celtics, a one-point favorite in this game. I'm going to go with the Seas, and then I'm going to go with the Thunder, minus eight and a half against the Pacers in Oklahoma City. I think the Thunder win by 10 at home against the Pacers. And finally, the Warriors, minus eight and a half in Portland. I think this could be a game in which maybe a couple free throws helps win it for the Warriors late with Portland trying to foul and keep the game alive. I'm going to take Golden State as an eight and a half point favorite. So the Mavericks plus one and a half, the Knicks minus four, the Celtics minus one, the Thunder minus eight and a half, and the Warriors minus eight and a half. That is Picks, Picks, an NBA edition. So uh, enjoy those. We'll break it all down on Monday. 
Again, I'm here five days a week. You can get this show at dannypicard.com, also on iTunes. And if you don't have an iPhone or an iPad, you can get it on the Stitcher app or the TuneIn app. Again, I'm on WEEI here in Boston all weekend long, Saturday and Sunday. And then back here for the Danny Picard Show inside the Beantown Athletic Studio on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Talk to you soon.